0: Hi, I'm Michael. I'm one of the pastors at Victory, and I'm also the missions director. As a church, we are committed to answer God's call to reach every nation. I hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. We're in our series, Think Outside the Box. And how many of you think that's actually quite smart? I love it. I love the title of the series. That whole idea that, oh, it's beyond just the box. Uh, It's uh, it's beyond just the pursuit of money, but it's about, well, we're discovering it together, right? Uh, And from since last week, when we talked about thinking outside the box, I hope that you were encouraged with the story about the parable of the rich fool. You know, it's, it's actually foolish to just be focusing on the box, and we need to begin to think outside or beyond that. Now, again, I'm John. I serve as one of your pastors here. We'd like to welcome you if you're new here with us in Victory Santa Rosa. Welcome. We hope that you'll encounter God in our time, of ser- in our service, in our worship service this morning. So I'm, I'm inviting everyone now to stand as we begin. Um, let's begin from reading the passage. Week two this week is entitled, The Money Chase. The Money Chase. It's running after the money. Okay. And uh, we're going to read from Luke chapter 12 in verse 22 till 34. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 34. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it or maybe thumb through your phones. All right. And then we'll pray after I read this. In verse 22, it says there, it's, it's a bit of a lengthy passage, but I love reading the scripture, you know, like this. Because hopefully as we read the scripture, the Lord already ministers to you. You know, it's, there's nothing like the raw word of God. You know, uh, you know, ministering to you. Verse 22, And He said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. And He said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to His span of life? If then you are not able to do a small A thing as that, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, of how much more value are you than the birds? And of which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then, you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies. How they grow. Let's go ahead and take a look at that grass Out there now. Oh man, you're right. The Lord sustains all of that. (laughs) They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after this thing. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek, seek His kingdom. And these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 33, Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that... that that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, God, for this rich passage that now brings us so much assurance. Thank You, Lord, for ministering to our anxiety and worry even now. Lord, that you would allow us to divest ourselves of those and that we would be assured that our Father in heaven knows our needs and that you take pleasure in giving us the kingdom and that, Lord, you're leading us into this place of provision, of great provision because of your faithfulness. Lord, thank you. We trust in you all over again this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, get back into the Word, uh, around two weeks ago, my wife and I had a chance to be able to attend the Global Apostolic Summit. It's an annual gathering of all of our regional leaders of every nation all across the world and our Every Nation Apostolic Council. It was actually our first time uh, to go there. And, you know, we were going on an unofficial capacity in a sense as we were representing Pastor Scott Dauma. Pastor Scott Dauma is the one who leads our East Asia region covering these nations. And uh, it so happened that he, had, uh, he, he, he was sick at that time and could not go because of his back. And so we were asked to go on his behalf. It was amazing to be able to see around 30 of these couples, you know, in a sense, world leaders of, every na- of our every nation, global family of churches, praying together, believing God for miracles together. That whole place was scattered with world maps and we were just laying our hands on these different continents and believing God. We're actually now at 80 out of 195 political nations in the world. And we have, yet, we have 115 yet to go. It's, that's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Come on, let's give God praise for that. <laughs> and part of the conversation was this. Lord, how will you enable us to participate, Lord, in, the rest, in reaching the rest of the 115? We would like to be able to see every nation churches planted in each of these nations and over the, over the following years. Buhay parin po yung every nation in our generation. ah. some of you might remember that, (laughs) Uh, that that uh, that tagline or that motto: Every nation in our generation were believing God together. Now, on the side, um, in the middle of the in the middle of that conference, we had a chance to go on a one-day study tour of Ephesus. Interestingly, in Turkey, you know, it, it, that's uh, the, um, that's where the seven churches in Revelation are located. One of which is the church in Ephesus, and we were able to see some of the ruins, uh, to be able to see, you know, that that whole thing. I mean, this whole this ruins of ancient buildings, stone structures, that really looked really nice, right? <laughs> really old also. It looked really old, and I think it was pa- Pastor Carlos showed you a picture. Uh, of, of the whole team uh, gathered in front of a library, of a former library. Behind that library, we saw this particular plot of ground with some of those ruins, and they were pointing to us and telling us that's probably the location of the lecture hall of Tyrannus. You might have read it in Acts chapter 19 when the apostle Paul was ministering in Ephesus, in the city of Ephesus. That time, um, you know, he there was a point that he was kicked out of the synagogue. So he began to preach at the Lecture Hall of Tyrannus, our original campus ministry. (laughs) Wow! And for two years, he preached there, and everyone in the province of Asia was able to hear the word of the Lord. I mean, literally, we were there standing, and we were saying, Lord, there is so much history that's happening here. Ito pa We had a chance to be able to see this 25,000-seater amphitheater where presumably... You know you the, the people of Ephesus they were declaring great is Diana of the Ephesians great for 2 hours they were declaring that presumably in this place I mean that's how, and Paul had a chance to preach there also. So, to be able to stand on those places, and Lord, amazing naman po ito. That was a, the reason I'm telling that, I guess, is just to be able to validate the historical evidence that also supports what we're seeing in Scripture. And part of it is also, let me already give this invitation. Some of you (laughs) might want or might want to be able to join us in the GO conference. That will be the World Conference by next year. Uh, You might be interested. Now, that was two Sundays ago. Last Sunday, we had a chance to celebrate with our Victory Imus Congregation as we celebrated 25 years uh, of victory in Cavite. Now, some of you might know we had a chance to serve in this congregation for around 12 years and we had a chance to be able to visit again and preach in the service. Nakakatawarin po to be able to see the work of God advancing uh, all across Cavite. Now, we have around 20 different church locations all across the province. Uh, We celebrated with the pastors uh, that we had a few days later. You know, this was a time to just be able to celebrate and worship with the rest of the pastors, campus missionaries, uh, you know, throughout that whole province. Just believing God for an even greater harvest as we continue to move forward. All right, so much for that. Again, thank you, Pua, for allowing us to be able to serve in these other ways. Uh, And I appreciate Pastor Carlo. Pastor Carlo, I think, preached... In all of our three services here in New Valley for two consecutive Sundays. Para kami ni Pastor Ian kasi na okay? Nagkasakit din po si Pastor Ian uh, nito pong two Sundays ago. So, anyway, let me now bring us back to our series, Think Outside the Box. Every year, we would like to be able to spend some time to think through about God's abundant provision and promise of prosperity for us. Now, we're not, this is not the prosperity gospel per se. But prosperity is a word that's used in Scripture to be able to describe God's plan for each of us. And part of it is our discovery, our exploration of what true prosperity is. Now, many of you are probably familiar with the things that happened with SBF. Some of you might even have investments when it comes to Bitcoin. This happened just a week ago, where his 32 32 billion US dollars worth of Bitcoin, uh, you know, capital actually crumbled one day into less than $1 billion. I mean, how could you lose more than 31 billion in a day? That's how volatile the financial markets are. That's also how volatile or rather elusive the idea of financial security can be. That's how elusive it can be. I mean, Kung merong 32 billion na assets, wow, okay ka na, you're set for life. Well, maybe for a hundred lifetimes. But, you know, it could be lost in a day. Come on, could that that, that really happen? And then you think about Meta, that group, the parent company of of Facebook, Instagram, and one more, right? There, There you go, WhatsApp. And then imagine, imagine that both Facebook and Twitter would retrench, literally, their employees you know, in a day, thousands. Particularly for Meta, it was 11,000 employees in a day. Parang whoa! How could the finance? How could finance turn around in that? In you know, in in, in such a short span of time? Because this whole thing, you now, if you begin to put that, that whole idea, when your pursuit is just to be able to get a like a nest egg that would secure your future and make sure that you will not not have anything to worry about in relation to finances. That's an elusive dream. We got to think outside the box. There has to be something else. There has to be another source, another source of security when it comes to finances. And when you come to think about it, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus did not have these. He did not have investments in the bank. He did not have properties that would secure his future, but We're going to go back to this concept uh, later. Jesus is probably the most prosperous person alive. What was the definition of that kind of prosperity that Jesus had compared to the pursuit of quote-unquote worldly prosperity that many of us have? That's why we're talking about this passage. So, we're asking this question, isn't, isn't financial freedom the goal? Now, I remember, after I graduated from college, this was exactly the mantra that we were being given. Oh, ang laki ng potential? mo, yung profession mo. So, pursue mo talaga yan, financial freedom. I even got involved in so many different direct selling, multi-level marketing, and all those other pursuits because it's the promise of financial freedom. Until today, in reality, we're still pursuing that. And, you know... It would be it would be sensible to actually ask, isn't that the goal supposedly? Hindi ba financial freedom? Dapat ang pinupurso natin. Instead, we like to give this proposition, rather, financial peace and true prosperity. Financial peace and true prosperity. Would it be possible that as you're getting there to that place of financial stability, Would it be possible that even if you do not have much yet, you have so much financial peace? And there are many of us, and this could be part of your experience, you already have much, but the peace is still elusive. I know of a friend of ours, uh, you know, we were just starting out, my wife and I, in, in our marriage that time, we didn't even have much in the bank. Uh, both of us came from a from a life of poverty in a sense. Ako po ay graduate sa utang. Okay? So sa utang sa na, kumakain ng utang ang pamilya ko para po ako makapag sa college. Kung hindi po kami nakapag-aral on scholarship Naku, baka hindi kami nakapagtapos ng pag-aaral. But, in the process, the Lord began to prosper us. But we were just, I think, two or three years married that time. We came to know of a friend who had a business. And then, the wife told us, Naku, bumababa na ng 500,000 pesos yung account ko sa banko. Kinakabahan na ako. And I realized that, take lang, I don't even have 50,000. Ano ang dapat kong maramdaman? I'd be perpetually worried. I mean, because you, the standard is 500,000, it goes lower, you're anxious already. I don't even have 50,000. Man, what am I doing with my life? Could it be that instead of financial freedom, the quest should be financial peace and true prosperity? Let me say this now at the beginning. The Lord Jesus did not have money in the bank, but He was prosperous in every way. You know why? Because whenever He needed something, He had it. Whenever he needed something, he had it. Oh, uh, Peter, uh, we need to pay the temple tax. Go ahead and throw out a line, okay? The first uh, tilapia that you get, then go ahead and open its mouth, and you'll see a silver coin. Pay the taxes with that. Uh, Peter, uh, sorry, Andrew, uh, we got uh, Nathaniel, we have 5,000 people here. Uh, We need to feed them. Go feed them. Lord, how many do we have? How much do we have? I got got a boy who's got five loaves and two fish here. Okay, let the people sit on the grass and then let's pray. So they prayed and they had food for 5,000 people and that guy, got repeated for another 4,000 oh the disciples are already there they're crossing the the lake of galilee and i'm left here on this mountain i want to go to them oh i'll just better walk on water okay when jesus needed something he had it That's true prosperity. And that's the kind of assurance and security that's the potential in following God in the kingdom. That's the potential of the kingdom of God for you. Such that even if you do not have that much money in the bank, you can be truly prosperous because you have what you need when you need it. So many people. Go to med, uh, uh, what do you call it? For example, they go to the hospital, they spend millions for sickness. And you know, we don't even have that. Very good for you if you have medical insurance. That's actually good to have that. But if you do not have all of that, you have nothing to go to the hospital with. But we can pray. We can ask God for a miraculous healing for you. That's true prosperity. You have what you need, when you need it, even though you don't have the financial security that a bank could provide. Could it be, could it be that this is the way to live? Luke chapter 12. We're going to read through the rest of the passage again. I'd like to show you this particular concept. You know, we often use this. That whole passage that we read is outlined in this way. There's a proposition, and then there's a reason, and then there's an alternative. A proposition, a reason, and an alternative. Jesus would propose something. In fact, He would say this. Do not be anxious. Do not worry. Do not run after these things. Then He would give a reason. You know why? Because your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. The whole world runs after these things, but your Father already knows that you need these things. And it is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Then He gives an alternative proposition. Jesus would say, Now seek my kingdom instead. And the things that you thought that you're running after and the whole world runs after, these things will be added to you as well. That's the outline of that whole passage. Let's dive into it now. The first one, the proposition. Do not be anxious about your life, seeking what to eat and drink. Now, this whole idea troubles me. It troubles me because that's exactly my life every day. I seek what I eat. Pagising na umaga. Mga anak mo, di ba? O, anong ulam? Okay. Anong kakainin natin today? Santay tay kakain? O kakain tayo sa labas? O anong ko? And then you go look at the mirror and, you know, see if your fashion is up-to-date. Or, you know, uh, or if it's just classic. Nah, Max, classic fashion. But that's exactly what happens to us on a daily basis. Oh, Let's hear what Jesus has to say. And he said to his disciples, "Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on." The whole that that word anxious literally means to be pulled into so many different directions. And that's anxiety, right? Hay, andami kong iniisip. Hay, nako sabay-sabay. Hay, nako nagpatong-patong na. That's anxiety. When you face the week, you know, I, my, my wife and I have been praying about this the past the past week. She was telling me, sweetheart, no? We didn't realize it could get busier pa pala. From, you know, we were so busy na in the past and now it could get busier pa. And now, she's describing my life. I'm just taking it one day at a time. <laughs> I, I can't even go beyond thinking about what's going to happen again tomorrow. My kids would ask me, what time will we leave tomorrow, dad? Mga anak, saglit lang, hindi ko pa kayang isipin. Hinaharap ko pa lang yung mga worries of this day. Okay, so hindi ko pa kayang yung bukas. Now, but but I realize this, There's, is there a way? Could there be a way to actually go through life not being anxious all the time? I mean, I, do you feel that too? Anxiety? Do you feel that too? Just like me, <laughs> being pulled into so many different directions. Now, of course, there are legit things that we should be concerned about. About your family, baba uni ng anak mo sa umaga, diba? Yung, yung, uh, yung pag travel this coming weekend. There are legit things. But when it comes to finances and the pursuit of wealth, it might be good to actually begin to reconsider. If there is so much anxiety already, about running after these things, Jesus is saying, don't be anxious now. Don't be anxious now, for life is more than food. Now that, I want to understand. Jesus has a different value system, apparently. He's saying, you know what? Life is way more than food. And then He gives two descriptions. Two descriptions. He would say, you see those ravens? And then you see those lilies. You see those ravens? They don't even have proper financial strategy. They do not have an orientation into the world financial markets. They do not know how the stocks go up and how the stocks go down. They don't even have a profession. Come on. But I am feeding them. Look at the lilies. Not even Solomon, in all his glory, was dressed up like one of these. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God... feeds them. And then, Jesus brings it back to the idea of value. Jesus says, the world values food and clothing. But life is so much more than that. And you, you're so valuable to God. You're so valuable to God. And and I'd like for you to be able to get this clues. In fact, we're going to conclude this in a short while. That the answer to the anxiety and worry and to the apparent relentless and elusive pursuit of financial freedom and security is not having more money. Not having more money. I'll say that again. The answer to the pursuit, the relentless pursuit, the elusive pursuit for financial freedom and security is not more money. The answer is a relationship. Apparently, the answer is a relationship. Your father, you are way more valuable to your father than just these. Would you imagine? And we'll see that in a short while. So in fact, some people I get asked this question often. So will I not seek to be rich? No, 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 we're not saying that at all. There is a reason and a proper purpose for riches. In fact, many of you here, you're gifted in making money. But remember, you remember Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, it is the Lord who gives you the ability to produce wealth so we give God proper credit. I know it was your master's degree in finance. I know it's your business acumen. I know you made some really good uh, decisions and risks that eventually resulted in your financial success but at the end of it it is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. give God all of the glory and in addition to that in addition to that understand the purpose of wealth. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the the Apostle Paul would encourage the Corinthians, you know, pray for abundance. And he's praying, I pray that you may abound in every way, so that in all things at all times you will have all that you need and you will abound in every good work. It is not wrong to be rich. It is not wrong to have an abundance of possessions and finances. But you have got to humble yourself before God and acknowledge it was He who gave you the ability to produce that. And secondly, understand the purpose that God wants you to abound so that you will have everything you need. He wants you to bless your family. He wants your kids to be blessed. He wants your kids to be able to eat out every so often. He wants you to have the kind of beautiful house that you have and the car that you drive. The Lord wants to bless you in abundance. Dance. hirap tayo rito our religious mindset would prevent us from this, because usually we would think, oh, God blesses us with what we need, not necessarily with what we want. But you see a passage in scripture that says, God wants you to enjoy. God wants to provide everything for even for your enjoyment. Come on, Lord, really? So it is not bad to be rich, but understand the purpose. God wants to make you abound in every way so that in all things at all times you will have everything you need and then you'll even abound in every good work. In fact, I want to acknowledge this, many of you exactly live that way. You are gifted with the grace to give. You've been so generous left and right to people, to your family, to your relatives, to those in need, to the church, to certain causes, to certain NGOs, foundations. I mean, literally, may the Lord bless you even more. And you know, you've already unlocked the purpose of wealth. You've seen it and you're actually living it out, the grace of giving and generosity, and thank you so much for that. So it's not about not being rich, but it's about the relentless pursuit that comes with anxiety. Verse 25, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? The problem is the anxiety. Anxiety is a trust in yourself, your ability, and the things that you think you can control. And the reason why there's anxiety is because What you think you can control is beginning to spin out of control. And you can't do anything about it. Would you be willing to take a different tack when it comes to finances? Would you be willing to think outside the box? Verse 27, Consider the lilies. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, I mean, Solomon, richest man, wisest man, most powerful man in the world, could afford all of the different textiles globally, could dress himself in silk. Silk, one of the most expensive things, which is why we have the silk road. Historically, silk, I mean flowing through the smooth flow of silk on his body. I mean, this guy, Solomon, if there's ever, if there ever were world-class designers of that time, they were probably in Solomon's employ. I mean, fashion, talk about it, you know, black being the new pink or whatever, okay? Uh, That that whole idea, Solomon had access to that. But then Jesus would say, not even Solomon in all his glory (laughs) was not arrayed in like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire or into the oven, how much more will He clothe you? And then Jesus mentions this phrase, Oh, you of little faith. Ouch! But you know what that phrase is about? It's again about a relationship. As far as the Ravens is concerned, are you not much more valuable than they? Valuable to who? To God, your Father in heaven. Oh, you of little faith. Little faith on what? Or in what? In who? In your Father in heaven. Jesus brings us back to relationship. And then he gives the reason why he's saying, don't worry, do not be anxious about this pursuit of food and clothing. For the nations seek after these things. In the NIV, it says, the pagans seek after these things. The pagans. Everyone in the world seeks after these things. And I I seek after those things too. Kasama ko doon. Verse 25, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. The idea is that the pursuit of, of what, to, what to eat and what to drink, it's not what to eat, what to drink, and what to wear. It's not bad per se, but the mix of anxiety and worry, you immediately understand it's self-reliance. You immediately understand it's the pride of our hearts. You immediately understand it's about the lust of our eyes, the things that we want, that we want to pursue. And, and then God brings it back because that's what brings anxiety and worry. And then Jesus would bring us back. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father, who knows that you need them. When I read that phrase, ay, parang binuhusan ang malamig na tubig. Parang feel, ko, Lord, salamat. Your Father in heaven, who values you more than the ravens, whose faith, who, who is the object of our faith, be it little, actually tells us now, I know that you need these things. Come on. I know that you need these things. My children, part of my commitment to them is to be able to make sure that they are well provided for. I have, my eldest daughter, of course, is in college now. And you know, she's on scholarship. Praise God. But even if she was not, might have been difficult for us to be able to provide. But I will make it work because that's my heart as a father. I will make sure that my child will be provided for. And if we need to be able to find ways to make both ends meet in order to send her to college, I will make it happen to the best of my ability and my heart as a father. And I realize I'm limited, but the Lord is not. And if your Father in heaven knows that you need these things, come on! Instead of running towards all of those things in your flurry and frantic notions of the elusive pursuit of financial security, run towards your Father instead so that you will no longer be anxious, so that you will no longer worry. Instead of self-reliance and uh, your ability to secure your future, which is way beyond your control, go back to your Father in heaven who knows that you need these things. And man, God knows you need way more than food and clothing. <laughs> God knows you need a shelter. God knows you need provision for your children. God knows your dreams. God knows you need provision for the tuition of your children. God knows that someday in the future you will need more and uh, this for 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 uh, to be brought to the hospital for example or to be able to secure what needs to happen when you're no longer working and you're retired. God knows all of those things. He knows that you don't only need food and clothing and your heavenly Father knows that you need this. You see, you can pursue wealth from a standpoint of financial peace rather than for financial freedom. There's a difference. I can pursue, I can pursue money. I'm still pursuing money in a sense because I'm working hard. I'm still pursuing provision for my family, but I can pursue it from a standpoint of, Oh, my Father in heaven knows that I need them. I no need to be anxious nor to worry. I can pursue this in the proper pacing without being too frantic and too, you know, driving myself too hard such that I have not learned to show restraint. There's, a, there's that word in Proverbs. Wealth and riches can be elusive, have the wisdom to show restraint. Have the wisdom to show restraint. I pray I may have the wisdom to be able to show restraint in my pursuit because I'm coming from a place of financial peace. And my pursuit is not just for financial freedom, but I can do it. I will continue to pursue financial prosperity but coming from that place of trust in my father who knows that I need and who knows what I need anyway. Because financial freedom is not really free. Did you notice that it has cost your health. It has cost your relationships. It ha- Sometimes, it has even cost you your relationships with your family. Our frantic pursuit of wealth. There was a payoff. There was a trade-off. It was not free. And your pursuit of financial freedom made you lose the things that you were seeking financial freedom for. You're trying to seek financial freedom for your family, but you lost your family in the way. I mean, do you see the irony of that? Because financial freedom is not really free. There's a cost to get it. And when when you're already there, you feel like, Oh, I have financial freedom. I have money for a hundred lifetimes. And yet you're filled with so much anxiety and worry of making sure that you keep it. But you don't lose any of it, and you worry that the PDIC limit of the bank is only 500,000 pesos because your deposit is way beyond that and will not be secured when there is a bank run, and you worry about the stocks and your mutual funds and your IUTFs and all of your bonds, and you worry about how the financial markets would crash, and you worry about if these things will still exist, and you worry about That whole pursuit of financial freedom is not really free. 1 Timothy 6, verse 8 to 9. I'd like to encourage you. I'd like to bring in here the concept of contentment. Because apparently, that's what Jesus is or may be talking about. He's saying, don't be anxious. Don't worry. And then the Apostle Paul talks about contentment. And you know how the Apostle Paul defines contentment? 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. But if we have food and clothing, with these, we will be... I have trouble with this passage. I mean, I need way more than food and clothing. But the Apostle Paul says, and as if, apparently, referring back to that same passage in Luke, when Jesus would say, don't run after this food and clothing stuff, and then the Apostle Paul would say, if only I have those two things, may ma-isot ako, hindi ako giniginaw, meron akong nakain ngayon ng araw na to, medyo konti lang, uh, para akong naka-IF, kasi omad lang ako ngayong araw na to, yun lang talagang available, one meal a day, but I will be content. I will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. That whole pursuit, relentless pursuit, you know, that whole idea of seek, the, like a seeking after, that, that word, seek, that's used. When you seek after food and clothing, it actually means worship. <laughs> when you begin to worship, the pursuit of financial prosperity, that desire to be rich causes you to fall into a temptation. But some would say, you know, I'm, I'm actually at the very baseline. I mean, other people, they're way beyond subsistence, but I'm still at the subsistence level. I understand that. But it's the same principle. The poor and the rich are both worried. The poor and the rich, in some sense, are both greedy. The poor says, I need more. The rich says, I want more. Both of them, they actually have the same thing. And it does not matter whether you're here at the subsistence level or way here at the world financial markets level. Wherever you might be, the same principle applies. Your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven knows that you need these things. Acknowledge God to be the source of your provision and the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Understand the purpose of prosperity and wealth. Jesus was the one who was truly prosperous. Let me conclude with this. Instead, seek His kingdom and these things will be added to you. Oh boy. Verse 31 says, Instead, seek His kingdom, oh, I just repeated it, and these things will be added to you. And then Jesus would bring you back to a relationship, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did you see that? Jesus' answer to the insecure pursuit of wealth. Jesus' answer to anxiety, to worry, is a recalcula- recalibration of your values. Go back to relationship. You're much more valuable than heavens. Oh, you of little faith, I am the object of your faith. I am limitless in my ability to provide. Your Father in heaven knows that you need them. And your Father finds pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's almost like a dad so excited you have a gift for your children you could not wait right Parang, Yay! god gave you the ability to be able to give beautiful gifts say say for example you're gonna give as a wedding gift to your child a condo in makati for example i mean you could not wait come on lord i'm so excited i mean lord i want to be able to give this to them that's the kind of excitement that i feel in this passage your father finds pleasure is excited to give you the kingdom. God gives you the kingdom. You become part of the kingdom and are now under the economy of the kingdom. And the economy of the kingdom is limitless. Even if you are in a place of lack, the Lord is able to provide miraculously. When you sow, you will reap. And when you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But when you sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. And the Lord Jesus became poor so that you through His poverty might become rich. That's the economy of the kingdom. You can trust your father in heaven because you are now part of the kingdom and God desires finds great pleasure to be able to give you his kingdom. You can rest in that assurance. Which is why Jesus has the audacity to say in the next verse, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Come on, naman, Lord. Lord naman. Pambihira naman ito. But Jesus would have the audacity to say that because, hey, there is more where that came from. Because now that you're under the kingdom, you shall be provided by the kingdom. And the kingdom has limitless resources. Even if you give all of your possessions to the poor, God can easily replenish it the following day. You're now under the kingdom's economy. But Jesus is saying that to be able to prove a point. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is so rich. We don't have time to be able to go through this now, but just to be able to show where your heart is. Would you be willing to take this, at least virtual step of faith saying, Lord, am I willing to actually give all of my possessions? Then if you could answer yes to that, theoretically, then you found where your heart is. You found where your heart is. Now, some of us, you've actually been doing this already. In fact, but you're you're saying now, but it's not working still. No, 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 no. It is working. It is working. Just you wait and see. You continue to be faithful in giving. You continue to be faithful to tithe. I mean, that is the most basic of the principles when it comes to financial abundance and prosperity. You learn to tithe. Because in the tithe is your trust. There your heart is. Right there. The tithe reveals your heart immediately. And I'm not even saying that because you're giving to this church. No. You want to give to another church? No problem. Just go. Just go tithe. Para lang alam ninyo na wala ulterior motive para doon. Because it's for your sake and for your family's sake. That you would experience the protection of God, the provision of God. But that's a sound principle. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that because it's for your family's prosperity. It is your covenant of protection and abundance with God. That's the most basic and beyond the tithe, that's called generosity. That's the only time that we become really generous. After you've given your tithe, and then you give more, more to the needy, more to people who are around me, more to these particular causes there. That's the beginning of your generosity. Have you actually done that consistently through the years? Because I've seen it in my own family, the way the Lord has provided abundantly. And it does not mean we have a huge bank account. No, in fact, the opposite of that. But when I need it, it comes. When I need it, it comes. You see, when we pursue riches and honor in life, it's actually the wrong pursuit. You know why? Because it's but a byproduct of something else humility, and the fear of the Lord. The way you walk with God, the way you walk with God is what brings the riches, the honor, and the life. You pursue riches, honor, and life for its sake, you're mistaken. That's it. That, for, that pursuit is futile. It's elusive. But you come to God, humble yourself, the fear of the Lord, then let the Lord be the one to reward you with riches, honor, and life. So instead of seeking after what the world seeks, seek God's kingdom. And all these things will be added to you as well. I I like how Pastor Ian said it in our preaching discussions. He said, Stop worrying. Start seeking. (laughs) Stop worrying. Come on. Stop the anxiety. Recognize that it's a futile pursuit of wealth. Think outside the box. Stop worrying. God's inviting you to a relationship. Start seeking Him. The word seek, it actually means worship, to run after. Start seeking God. Start seeking His kingdom. Start seeking His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. Pastor Ian.
1: We'll, we'll pray. And um, maybe for some of us here, I mean, looking at the passage, there's one thing that is glaring, uh, an imperative for us, and that is to do not worry or stop worrying. To stop, it means the, the reality of worrying is there. But it has to stop. Truth be told, I'm someone who's diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. So whenever I speak of this topic, this really close to heart. But there is hope. Because worry, Bible and even science, psychology books, will agree that worry is not something that we need to carry. A burden that God never intended for us to bear. So I want to pray I just want to pray and when we think about worry and anxiety, it speaks of our fear, of our future pain. But listen, there is an unknown future, but you can trust our known Father who holds the future. Amen? Let me pray. If, if you're here today and one question you can ask, what worries you today? Maybe again, it became a household name, not to put guilt, shame, or condemnation but an invitation to surrender. Lord, this is what keeps me up all night, robbing me of my sleep, my joy, my freedom, and even my peace. What is that divides and destructs? Pursuing, seeking, the purpose and the kingdom of God. And I just want to pray with you. Lord, here we are. We surrender. What worries us today, it can be health, and that's valid, it can be finances valid it can be relationships relational dysfunctions okay Christmas na naman the same battle that we're facing Lord we surrender that to you we surrender that at the, f- the feet of the cross Lord thank you because you're carrying that burden away from your people you're setting them free you're providing healing right now restoration reconciliation Lord you're giving that peace that wholeness Lord we speak from any division, from anything that distracts them, God, I pray in Jesus' name there will be just wholeness to pursue and seek your kingdom and there will just be grace every single day. Again, we worship you, we honor you and just what, like the Bible says, present our worries and care with thanksgiving. Lord, we're not thankful for those but we're thankful for you, God, who holds everything in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Lord, Here we are, God, we surrender our financial lives to You. The provision that we so seek, Lord, today we acknowledge, we forsake the anxiety, we forsake the worry, we forsake the elusive pursuit of financial security and freedom. And today, Lord, we receive the financial peace that comes from You. Knowing that you, our Father in heaven, knows what we need, and you, Lord, are pleased to give us the kingdom, and so we receive, we partake of the kingdom in this hour, in this moment, though we receive the resources of the kingdom as we seek you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today, Lord, let all these things be added to us, even now, Lord, release the provision release the abundant prosperity let all these things be added as we seek your kingdom lord let provision come let miraculous provision come let freedom from finance from financial uh, lack come Lord, be the one to reverse the poverty and the curse of poverty in our lives. Even now, Lord, we break it over each of our lives and we decree the abundance that comes from you, Lord Jesus. You took on our poverty so that we, through your poverty, might become rich. So now, Lord, we receive this gift that comes from the gospel, abundant financial prosperity coming from you because you are faithful, God. You're a faithful father to us. We release your favor and blessing on your people now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join a victory group, and give online. Thank you for partnering with us in discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, You can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.